opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hi, this is Dr. Fred Harvey, host of the Healthy Steps radio show on WMNF. I want to welcome you to my Christmas show. And I just hope that all of you are enjoying friends and family during this wonderful holiday season. And I have given myself and my family a gift in that I am not on the radio today, but you will be hearing some of the most wonderful tips, suggestions, and questions from 22's Healthy Steps show. So enjoy this best of show. Today's show is a compilation of prior show's recordings. Thus, there are no call-ins today. Join us next week for another exciting, informative call-in show. Until then, have a healthy week. This is WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM. Let's get Robert on the line here. Good morning, Robert. Yes, uh, how are you this morning? Great. How are you today? Oh, not too bad. Um, I have heard that um, a long-term use of it, I would say not so much um, uh, uh, medically, you know, like like it's prescribed, but just, you know, uh, it, it gives a psychosis to the brain after long-term use. And I guess as you've seen in... Um, Movies and things like Cheech and Chong, you know, they're they're just slowed down. Their their brain is just not the speech. Everything, uh, you know, there's always been the long term, uh, you know, pothead, and, and they just sound drugged up. So I don't know what your take is on that, but the psychosis it's not really good for the brain. That's true, and actually, that's a very good point. Um, psychosis um, can occur in people that have certain genetic um, uh, problems with a couple of receptors. Um, the research is out showing there's a very small group of people that doesn't respond very well to the cannabinoids, the uh, phytocannabinoids, because their their body just doesn't uh, respond the same way as other people's, and they can actually induce schizophrenia. It has happened. It's very rare, um, but any any um, uh, sedative. Um, chemical when used on a long-term basis can just keep you sedated. The interesting thing about um, cannabis though is that for again about 95 to 99 percent of people it's not addictive and the addiction has to do with um, the um, uh, nature again of these receptors and whether people actually respond um, uh, overly to this chemical. But so yes it is a risk but in general, um, most people do not have this problem. Most people will not develop psychosis with these uh, medications when used medically or even used recreationally. Um, but if you do a lot of it all day long, yes, you might be sort of dull because it does kind of put a blanket on the brain. Good point. Yeah, uh, because, you know, it's very easy to also obtain alcohol. And if people are doing... Um, you know, uh, marijuana, let's just say they make it recreational in Florida, which I think would take quite some time because of the politics, um, is that you're going to have people really out of their mind operating 
you know, heavy machinery uh, cars. Robert, 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 let's get real about this. We already have people out of their mind operating machinery because we have a a psychotic uh, prescription mill that constantly puts people on antidepressants that aren't antidepressants. They're just chemicals that alter the brain chemistry. They're also probably taking benzodiazepines. They're probably taking um, other chronic pain medicines like seizure medicines like gabapentin. And they're probably on opiates. When you look left and right, when you're driving down the street, it's likely the person next to you on either side has two or three medications on board because America consumes 55% of all pharmaceuticals and 70% of the opiates. Actually, when you use cannabis, it reduces opiate and benzodiazepine use and people actually get better. This is a functional, healthy tool and should be available for public use and should be promoted more to get people off the, um, so-called antidepressants and the pain pills and the so-called anxiolytics like benzodiazepines because this with therapy and good food and good exercise and good relationships will improve people better than those other chemical band-aids. Thank you, Robert, for your opinion. Jerry sent an email and he asked, is there a vitamin or supplement that can help with alcoholism? Well, I was talking about the apicurb. Um, I think that amino acid support for your neurotransmitters, so your mood is better and your cravings are lower is, is useful. Uh, I've seen it help. Um, I think that um, abstention first, counseling in addition, support groups are all useful. Um, and even sometimes medication may be needed to help with that. And so, um, yeah, that's... Um, just a, a difficult situation to deal with. While you're doing that, though, um, a good multivitamin with the, the bees, especially thiamine and some milk thistle and N-acetylcysteine to help the liver do its detoxification. So um, fat-soluble vitamins, just starting them. Uh, vitamin E is the first one I want to mention. It's got five different forms. Um, it's got alpha, beta, delta, and gamma tocopherol. And it's got also alpha tocotrienol, um, all in the vitamin E family. And um, tocotrienol seems to be really, really, really useful at heart protection. But overall, um, we know that um, um, vitamin E is uh, helpful in neuropathy and multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, vascular problems, diabetes, liver problems, dementia. Um, it's safe. Very safe. There has been some mention that possibly blood pressure would go up when using it. So monitor the blood pressure. And if on anticoagulants like um, 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 Z- Zalatan, not Zalatan, um, Zarelto um, or Berlinta or um, any of those uh, blood thinners like uh, um, Coumadin, Warfarin, you should watch um, how you're doing. If there's any extra bleeding, it could be because you're taking extra fish oil, or I mean extra vitamin E, because it does tend to make things a little more slippery. Sources, food sources, or actually uh, t- doses, 100 units to 1,200 international units. In people that um, have clotting um, issues, 1,200 units can be useful if you don't want to take a clotting uh, uh, medicine, uh, but that's only if you don't have AFib. Wheat germ oil, um, sunflower seeds, safflower oil, almonds, sesame oil, peanut oil, olive oil, butter, spinach, and oatmeal all have vitamin E. I think we have caller. Good morning, Rita. Good morning. Hi, Rita. Hi. Um, I have a friend who is uh, 73, 
and he had uh, one kidney removed for cancer, and now his second remaining kidney is uh, in, in stage three kidney disease. And his primary care doctor doesn't seem all that concerned about it. I think he needs to be followed by a nephrologist and possibly be put on a kidney transplant list. Um, they don't seem to make any recommendations. They just say he's doing great. And I'm wanting more to be done to extend his uh, life. And I wonder... Well, I I think you're right on it there. That's um, uh, very true. I mean, when you have two kidneys and your um, uh, kidney function drops, your filtration ability drops to the point where you're considered to be in chronic kidney disease. And it's it goes in stages. And <clears throat> truly, stage 3A chronic kidney disease is not bad. There's almost no consequences from that. However, it can get worse um, easier than if somebody doesn't have kidney disease. And so, from uh, even in my practice, when I see someone with two kidneys with stage 3A kidney disease, I have them visit a nephrologist once that diagnosis is made because they actually have a specialty-related illness. I tell them that with their two kidneys, when they see the doctor, the doctor's going to say, you don't need to see me for another year or two because they don't really have much worry about it. So... um somebody with one kidney though who's gone into stage three kidney disease really needs a nephrologist to be following them because a a um uh, an injury um um a an illness could actually make that kidney get suddenly worse and so i think it's really important when you're in this situation to have all that um, uh, uh, followed up and and the kidney doctor probably will want to see that person more than every two or three years and yes, you're right on it. So get them to a nephrologist. Okay, no other recommendations besides that. I think the best thing to do is just to go to get to the neurologist, but nephrologist, but also be aware of over-the-counter medications, um, mixing with pharmaceuticals that are also also prescribed. Um, because with one kidney, you have to be really paying attention to what you're putting through it. And you need to make sure you're getting lots of water to stay hydrated to make the um, filtration work well. And right. So, um, and, and also at this point with one kidney and stage 3A kidney disease, you want to be paying attention to the amount of protein being taken in. Right. Yeah. I see everything online that says uh, for the diet, but it all tells about what not to eat, which it makes it look like there's nothing left to eat, but <laughs> rice and, you know, it, no protein, no, you can eat a whole protein, low potassium. Well, but you don't have to go that low. That's the whole thing. I think that if, if um, a Mediterranean diet is used and you get you know 80% plant, 20% animal, or even 85% plant, 15% animal, that's going to protect the kidneys. Alexandra sent an email. I have received two COVID vaccines, and from listening to the show, I'm wondering whether or not to take the third. I am not in a risk group. Age, almost 50, and no underlying condition. Same for my teens. Appreciate your show. Honestly, I really personally would not be taking it. I'm not going to advise you specifically, but I've done my research, and um, I will admit you already know I skipped a show because I had Omicron. Um, it was a lousy 10 days. Only two days of real severe fatigue for 10, three weeks of coughing up mucus. 
Um, sorry about sharing too much information, but it, it was a cold. I got through it. Many people will, but there's many people at risk and they need access to these medications too. Keeping things on hand like hydroxychloroquine, fluvoxamine, um, uh, ivermectin and herbs and vitamins that actually have been shown to have effect make sense. All right now. It's a pretty darn good show so far, you got to admit, but it is someplace between deja vu and a flashback. And that's because this is a pre-recorded show of some of the best of the Healthy Step show with Dr. Fred Harvey. And because it's a pre-recorded show, I regret that we won't be able to take any phone calls today. But, by golly, next week we'll welcome you back like the prodigal sons and daughters that we love here at WMNF Tampa. Now let's get back to the fun at hand. Clay is on the line. Morning. Hello, Clay. Good morning, Doc. Thanks for the show. You're uh, welcome. A couple of questions that uh, probably have changed for you, and uh, they're directed towards you because I try to emulate you in my care for myself. Since um, listening to the show so far, you're not wearing a mask anymore when you go into public places? No. Okay. But you've had the Omicron. Uh, you, 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 you have natural immunity now, right? I do. So you don't intend to get the Novavax shot? I don't intend to get any vaccines for this because I survived it. I have immunity and I have treatment and the treatment works. Okay. Well, I, I haven't ever gotten vaccinated with any of the things I was waiting on the Novavax. And I was too, and now I'm not really interested. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you have a good reason. Myself. Yes, and, and, and if you haven't had COVID, I don't see a real, I think Novavax, as of all of them, is the safest if they will actually give it emergency use for primary vaccine, or they actually they have. So you can get Novavax if you want it, um, and if you're in a risk group, it doesn't make uh, a, a bad sense to go and do that. Well, in the risk group, I guess it's just uh, my age. I'm 67, soon to be 68 years old. Yeah. So, um with no other health concerns, yeah, that's a minor risk. Um, if you're over 80, I'd say it's a much bigger one, but still, you are in one of the groups that has increased risk of death and severe disease. So, um, Carol is on the line. Hi there. Um, I just want to say um, amen, amen to what you've been saying. Um, I've been dealing with autoimmune disease um, Ooh, for a long time, never knew what it was, and um, you were so right about it's like your whole system that's involved. Yes. And so many doctors just look at their little piece of the puzzle, but who yes. puts it all together? And uh, you're, you're just so spot on. I'd like to. I'll tell you who puts it all together for you. That's the functional medicine doctor. And you can find functional medicine doctors all around this country and around the world going to ifm.org or functionalmedicine.org. Um, there's a doctor search on there, and you can find people like me all over the place, and more and more of us every day. I'm lucky to find a great rheumatologist and a great primary care doctor who actually listened. Wonderful. And didn't just dismiss me as stressed out old lady. <laughs> <laughs> and that does happen a lot. In the Scientific American article, they talk about how it's women that get dismissed a lot because it's 80% women that get these diseases, and they get told, take some Prozac. A thousand million percent, and then it makes you worse because you're just masking what the real yes. problem is. Yes, and, um, and upsetting the system so it can't communicate right. Exactly. There's a great book I'd like to share with you and the listeners. Um, yes. Called, let me put you on speaker. Um, it really hit home for me, um, 
And, and again, with what you're talking about, it's 100%. It's called The Lady's Handbook for Her Mysterious Illnesses. And it's oh, great. Sarah Ramey, R-A-M-E-Y. And Sarah Ramey? Yeah, R-A-M-E-Y. I'll, put, I'll send you the link on email. But okay. it's, a, it's a memoir of a person named Sarah Ramey. She had a years-long battle with a mysterious illness that doctors thought was all in her head, but wasn't. And it's, it's funny and harrowing and um, so, so relatable for so many of my friends. As a matter of fact, she has an acronym of her own. Yes. W-O-M-I. Women of Mysterious Illnesses. Something like uh-huh. that. <laughs> Truly. Uh, it's, it's so on point. Yeah, really. So, it, on the bright side of all this COVID crud, at least now people are paying attention and more science will be happening about autoimmune stuff. So thank well, I really so think um, COVID in that sense has been a gift. It's, it's really brought forth um, so much more interest in finding truth in science. Yes, and the doctors maybe now are looking at our entire system like you with how our diet, movement, and everything is connected. And just yes. knowing what's going on at the cellular. It's not my imagination. It is not your imagination. And, and to all you women out there who have these mysterious illnesses, it is not in your head, although it is, because fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and CIRS are affecting your brain. And that's why you have mood changes and hormone changes. Exactly. I, it was such a relief to get a diagnosis. Um, yes. I have polymyalgia rheumatica, and I want oh, yes. disability from that. And, but, but it was just another in a long series. Of autoimmune, so and you know, my grandfather had stuff, and nobody knew what what it was. And I just feel some hope now for the future. So thank you for what you do. And You're so welcome. I would suggest that you get looked at for mold because I have seen polymyalgia rheumatica in many patients that have mold toxicity. Oh yes, and mold is everywhere. I've, it I've is worked in the school system, and I've worked in you know, I've lived in old homes. It's everywhere. Yep. And with my stuffy nose, I can't always smell it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's probably the mold, too. (laughs) So, yes, I think uh, it would help to get deeper because I know that your primary care doctor listens, and that's fabulous. But they don't always have all the functional tools to look at what still may be out of balance to help you get to optimal function. Right. I'm going to check it out. And um, ISM.org, right? Yes. Yes, indeed. I will check that out. The um, author in that memoir, by the way, she got... um, triggered with a virus or something she caught by swimming in Lake Walden. Mm. <laughs> she of all places. Yeah, right? <laughs> so um, I'll email you the link for that book. Great. Thank you. Carolyn, have yeah, a great day. A nice thank week. You too, sir. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Smitty just hopped on the, uh, the lines and wants to ask a question about water filters. Good morning, Smitty. Uh, good morning there, Dr. Harvey. Uh, good morning. These these chemicals, can they be filtered out with a good filter? Like, you talk about your water filter, but you never tell us who, who made it. I mean, True. So it doesn't really necessarily matter the specific manufacturer. Um, what matters is the type of filter. And, and yes, we can eliminate the water threat by filtering the water in our home. Now, a lot of people have the, um, um, you know, the faucet attached filter or the Brita type to water, you know, the water container yeah. filter. These are very um, good filters for getting out lead. 
And that's about all they're going to do because the pore size on the carbon is not small enough to trap smaller molecules. And so what you need, what has been shown in study, I was going to mention it later, but really there's, and I've even posted the study to the website, the two types of filters that actually get these things out are a two-stage filter. It could even be a three-stage filter. Mine is three. It starts with car carbon, has a fiber in the middle, and, and ends with carbon. But if you have a two-stage filter that has a very tight carbon block filter at the finishing end, that carbon block needs to be one micron absolute. And that is going to get out most of those pollutants. And the other way is with reverse osmosis. I prefer the two and three stage filter method to the reverse osmosis method because reverse osmosis is designed to waste a gallon of drinking water for every gallon you actually get out of the system. That's the way the system works. And so rather than wasting purified water, I would go to a, a, a carbon block filter because clinical studies have shown it is as effective at removing these nasty contaminants as the reverse osmosis. And the micron? At least one micron, if you can get to half a micron, the one I use starts with a five micron, has a fiber filter, and then it goes to a half micron. You can't use a half micron alone because it will block up in about a month, and you'll have to replace it every month. But if you use a pre-filter, fiber and or carbon, then the yeah. whole system lasts longer. Now, what about a 0.3 micron? I, I there you go. Uh, it's still good, but I'd go to 0.1. How much did you spend on your water filter? 700. Oh, okay. That, that was almost the range, yeah. And, and that's and that's an under that's an under sink, and I have to decide to spend another three hundred dollars to get the guy to cut the granite and install it. Oh, so it's a thousand bucks for an ongoing filter that I change once a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, and that costs. Imagine that's one hundred fifty for a year. Okay. All right. So, I guess so maybe you can get it cleaned up. <laughs> yeah. Hello, all you loyal fans of Dr. Fred Harvey. This spectacular Monday morning, you are listening to a special rebroadcast of some of the clips composing the best of Healthy Step Show. And as the nature of pre-recording shows go, there will be no one answering the phones today. So, write your questions on the back of a $20 bill and mail it to WMNF Tampa, and we'll answer it next week. Uh, let's go to Sarah from Auburndale. Good morning, Sarah. Hey there. Thank you for taking Good. my call. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I have a question. Um, this is for my son. He is 22 years old, and he is getting ready to see a therapist and a psychiatrist for the first time. He he has a few issues. Uh, one of them is he sleeps a lot, and the other is he when he uh, tries to focus on things, he focuses on one thing. It's hard for him to focus on several things. He feels overwhelmed. And uh, the question I have is what type of test or even like the first doctor, should he go see his primary before he goes to the psychiatrist, psychiatrist to uh, get a, uh, a lab result of different sorts? I heard you talking earlier about, you know, instead of just giving pills, which I'm afraid of, he might just, you know, think that he's going to be able to get something and that'll cure it. Whereas I listen to you every week and I know that a lot of the issues people have is, is uh, a lot of what they eat, drink, and how they, uh, you know, 
what they do during the day, exercise, sweat. That's so true, Sarah. So true. Um, uh, the first things I would do is um, do the basics. Um, change the diet. Go to an anti because much of brain dysfunction comes from inflammation and toxicity. So go to a clean diet, organic, uh, a paleo type, or um, Terry Walls, W A H L S, um, created a food pyramid that's based in. Uh, uh, really clean foods. No, no processed foods, no sugar, no dairy, no beans, uh, no eggs. Um, and, uh, this diet is really strong at helping rebuild the body. You need, um, good fish oil to build the body. You need good B vitamins, um, probiotics. All of these things are foundational. Eliminating gluten can really help the brain work better. Um, getting good fish oil on board because people who don't eat fish and don't take fish oil actually have a brain deficit. I've watched people go from brain fog to fully functional, um, when they actually clear up that problem. And uh, there are uh, many nutritional and other tests that are available. Um, uh, Neurosciences uh, uh, Labs, Sinesco Labs does a neurotransmitter test as does uh, Doctors Data. Um, and um, that would look at the actual symphony of all the neurotransmitters in your body. So you can help balance the entire symphony rather than just trying to treat one of them. Um, uh, a micronutrient test from Vibrant America Labs does a really good look at your total um, body nutrition to see where you have deficits that could be fixed. These are things I would do before actually taking medication um, for this problem. Plus, I would go to some um, cognitive behavioral therapy or some other kind of therapist to get thinking about the thought processes, which are also a problem. Does that help, Sarah? It does. Um, the other question I have, too, is does um, the premix, he does a lot of working out, he works out, and he does a lot of the premix for uh, working out, and he drinks a lot of the protein drinks. With, well, um, premix, premix might have stimulants in it. Um, it might have excess caffeine and other things. And so you may want to avoid those kind of things. Uh, protein pr uh, powders are not a big deal, but the premix that gives you the boost with all that stuff in it, that, that you know, read the label. It's full of toxic chemicals. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your help on that. You're welcome. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, uh, good morning, all. Uh, I guess I'm going to remind you again. I don't know if Dr. Fred remembers Brian Seminole, but I uh, hear um, a lot of body, mind, body, mind. We're not robots. And you're getting close with the last call because <clears throat> spirit comes first. You cannot begin it does. to heal. You cannot, be hold on. You cannot begin to heal that spirit. Y'all keep forgetting about that. And I, I, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but... Uh, positive affirmations do wonders. We are loved. We are worthy of giving love and receiving love. That's all I have to say. Good luck, everybody. I love you. Bye. Love you, Ryan. That's beautiful. Always appreciate that kind of input because it is about love. Love drives our universe. Love is the most significant healing force that we can deal with. So if you can find that peace and love inside, that's where it can start to shine. And consciousness connects both mind and spirit. And that's why I love the meditations of Joe D and other people that I have been working with, because when you get into that state, you actually connect your physical, mental, and emotional bodies with your spiritual body. That's the key. You help spirit to drive. And thank you, Ryan, for putting me back on track, because I totally agree with you. All righty, and let's go to Jim. Good morning there, Jim. Yes, hi. Hi, Jim. You, uh, your, your 
so full of information, I have a hard time recording it all, and I hope you write some books soon. Uh, actually, I'm working on that. Yes, I'm, I'm going to be publishing. Yes, I'm, I'm excited. Excellent. My question is, uh, well, it's twofold. Um, I guess I, I'm a type 2 diabetic, so I'm just wondering about preventing... Wait, wait, stop there. Wait, stop there. I don't like that. You have diabetes. You're a human. I've never met a diabetic. Are they three eyes, green skin, and antennae? I don't like labels like that. <laughs> Good. I don't either. I don't like it at all. So you have uh, yeah, diabetes. for blood sugar control, and along with that, somebody that has hypertension as well, just uh, nutrient-wise. Oh, well, the first thing you need to add is magnesium. Okay. Magnesium is a great thing for that. And um, a, a good, solid multivitamin that provides you all of these extras, because vitamin, uh, or I mean, diabetes will um, overutilize many of your vitamins because you're under stress dealing with that. And so get a good multivitamin. Um, I use one called Active Nutrients. Um, it's got all the activated forms of the B vitamins. It's got really rational levels of them, and it's got all the activated and chelated minerals that I'll talk about a bit later. Um, but that would be a good start. Magnesium is excellent. Chromium um, in form of a uh, glucose tolerance factor um, is a good thing, uh, up to 1,200 micrograms. Vanadium, um, 10 micrograms of that a day can also uh, really help metab uh, uh, balance your sugar metabolism. Also, um, fish oil is a great thing. Okay. Yeah, and then the complication there is that I am a vegan, and so it is difficult to find sources, but uh, fish oil, is there, a, is there a vegan substitute in general that you think is useful? Algae-based DHA. But my, um, you have to take so much of it because um, it's low dose and it's very expensive. Um, the... Um, if you can find a uh, a way to eat fish oil, um, I would do that because it's it's more effective but and less expensive. But if you uh, can't, then I'd go for the algae based DHA. DHA, okay. We'll check into that. Well, thank you. That's very helpful. Um, I'm going to move on to Al now. Good morning, there, Al. Good morning, Doctor. Um, I have a transition going on. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm transitioning from being alive to being dead. Um, I've contacted, uh, contracted, I don't know what the word is. I have dementia. I was, yes. uh, I was, um, I've had it since 2017. Well, I was diagnosed in 2017, which is the same year my father died from dementia. So I spent a lot of time with him, uh, you know, at the end of his life. And I feel like I'm at the end of my life. So, um, I, I just, I feel like I, I, I've had enough living, and um, I've seen everything I wanted to see. I've done everything I wanted to do, and I just want to go. And I'm having feelings that I am going. Um, there's sort of a uh, spiritual, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I can't remember the word. Um, I can't remember the word, but... Um, they're serendipitous things, spiritual serendipitous things that are telling me, um, you know, be prepared because you ain't got long to go. And I have a, a dementia that's called vascular dementia, and um, I, I've uh, eat, I've, I've learned to eat better foods and, and get a little more exercise. But um, you know, I just it's not going to help. It doesn't help. And wow. I have so many medications wow. that I can't, wow. I just can't take it. Wow. Yeah, I hear you. You're 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 really um, 
a, a, a person who um, is in need of community. Um, you know, there's a, a community uh, of people out there that support persons that have problems like you. And there's a whole medical specialty that deals with cognitive decline, specifically the kind of cognitive decline you have from vascular dementia, because I have witnessed chelation therapy, intravenous chelation therapy, reverse the vascular dementia. I have watched people wake up from that. And the symptoms you're having about wanting to leave, that's that's a depressed mood, and that could be metabolic, and that could be treated, and you might actually find a life of joy, and you might actually improve. I'm not really depressed. Um, I, I feel pretty good about things, and I'm generally in a good mood, especially when the doctor puts me on steroids, <laughs> which he does once in a while because I have problems with uh, inflammation, um, you know. And what was that you recommended, the first thing? I would, re- I would recommend that you see a functional medicine physician because steroids are not a treatment for inflammation. That's a Western med- medical approach where you suppress the immune system and you don't treat the inflammation. In functional medicine, we go to the source and take care of the inflammation because inflammation causes vascular dementia. Yes. So if you have inflammation and your doctor's giving you steroids, he's actually making it worse because steroids make the sugar go up and the sugar causes uh, vascular damage too. Mm-hmm. Well, he just told me that I have kidney uh, disease. Well, your your doctor your doctor is a Western medical doctor, and Western medical doctors don't take care of health; they take care of illness. And so he's going to keep racking up illness diagnoses on you and keep giving you more pills. Whereas a functional medicine doctor will find out what dysfunctions you have and help you clear them away. A functional medical doctor. Institute for Functional Medicine. Go to ifm.org and search for a practitioner near you. And you go see a functional medicine doctor because we are the doctors that empower people to resurrect. We we help people transform their medical illnesses into a joyful life again because Western medicine just keeps putting you further down with more pills. That's exactly what they're doing, yeah. I mean, he prescribes something for everything. I'm on about 15 medicines now. Jerry, you're on the precipice of a transformation the other way. Mm-hmm. Find a functional medicine doctor and step into a new future. Okay. Don't allow Western medicine to convince you you're dying when you're not. You sound vibrant, man. You sound alive. Please don't let it slip away. Find help. There's people out there to help you. I have a social worker that tells me the same thing. She says, there's nothing wrong with you. You're, you're perfectly lucid and you have a good memory. I have an awesome memory. Don't uh, listen to... Right, you know, I have short-term memory is bad, but my long-term memory and everything else is fine. You can retrain that. You can fix that. You need, and what I'm talking about is chelation therapy. That's C-H-E-L-A-T-I-O-N, chelation therapy. T-T, spell that again? C in the cat, C as a cat, H-E-L-A-T-I-O-N. Stop. Chelation, T-I-O-N, okay. Therapy. Well, who should I ask him, him or, or my therapist? <laughs> what would you ask him about? Uh, the, the chelation therapy and the functional uh, medical doctor. No you, no, you need to go and talk to a functional medicine doctor. You don't need to talk to your doctor because he is clueless. He will tell you, oh, chelation therapy, that doesn't work because he's never studied it, because he doesn't understand it. And he's having serious problems understanding his own practice because he doesn't practice health care and he thinks he does. He practices illness treatment care, and that doesn't work very well. 
obviously, because he's telling you you're getting worse and worse when actually you have a chance to recover. I watch transformation every day in my practice. Mm -hmm. Do not let them give you or sell you their delusional approach to healthcare. Stop that. I believe what you're saying because I do have the feeling that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Find a functional medicine doctor, my friend. You okay. will find solutions, not pills. Okay, I'm going to do that. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Um, Gary is on the line. Hey, good morning, Doc. How are you? Great, Gary. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. I love your show. You've done a great job since Eve was there, and you enlightened so many people on the truth of great nutrition. So, God bless Thank you. you. Hey, so as you were talking about the salads, I'm making my big organic salad that I have every day. Excellent. And, uh, I use olive oil. Can you use too much olive oil? Or, you know, I'm using the cold press, first press, the good stuff. I mean, is, and I use balsamic. I just make my own up. Yes. The dressing. So... I think that, um, yeah, we can eat too much fat, but honestly, a couple of ounces of olive oil a day is going to actually beneficially affect your heart and your brain and your inflammation because there's and that, that green, slightly bitter, very fragrant olive oil. There are amazing chemicals like oleopurins, and these are highly protective for the vascular system. We don't eat enough olive oil in this country, um, but uh, it's really good for you. And I think it's a great idea for you to make that salad. Uh, one of my um, dietitian colleagues gave me an article one time that said that 35 different vegetables, different plants in your diet on a daily basis creates the best microbiome. Can you imagine getting to 35? I can. It's easy when you actually well, you know, do li little bits of it. Think about how many herbs you could put in your dressing. Um, uh, and how many different vegetables you can throw in that big old salad. Well, you know, and actually, the grocery stores have made it slightly easy because, you know, they have the organic spring mixes that they have yes. on all their shelves. Yes. So, for me, I'm 61, 6 foot, 225. Um, I'm not fat. I'm a weightlifter. But I have the salad, the organic mix. I do a, uh, a clover sprout. Alfalfa sprouts, broccoli, radishes, Vidalia onions, if I can get those, or there's a great organic farm in, in season here in Sarasota that I use. But yes, it's just, it's fantastic. And it makes it makes it easy. So, you know, they just need to get out there. And also mushrooms. I love to put portobello mushrooms. You can just mix anything in there and just, just make it delicious. And just Absolutely. You're on it, man. I, I love that salad. Um, I think I'll have to have one for lunch, too. <laughs> I have told I make a great salad by everybody that comes over. Generally speaking, I'll have some chicken or some type of meat from the night before, and I'll do little strips of it for some protein. Now, today I don't, but um, generally speaking, I do little, add a little protein to it. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's easy to do. And it's, you, know, you can even, you can uh, sometimes during the week, just for everybody out there, I get those little bags like they use at the grocery store, and I pre-make my salad six days in a row. So all i got to do is drag it with me, and I have a little... Nice. Uh, um, salad dressing that I make that I bring as well, and it's 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 a lot better than stopping at you know a restaurant because oh, it truly is. It's less expensive too, and you can control the ingredients and make sure it's all organic. And also, if you don't have leftover meat or whatever from the night before, you can always take a can of sardines or tuna or salmon with you, or get some smoked salmon and throw some of that on top. Yeah, no, do that too as well. So yeah, excellent. I mean, you know, it's, it is easy. So get out of America. Let's get help. definitely. Thanks, Gary. Have a great week. You too. Bye.
I've got uh, Bill, another good name out there. Hey, Bill, what have you got for us today? Hey, good morning, Dr. Harvey. Good day. Hey, good day. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to know if you could talk to us about how antibiotics impact on the microbiome because we know we start out with a pretty good array of species, and as we go through life, the quantity and the quality of those species gets impacted, and in, particularly by things like uh, antibiotics, which we have to take sometimes. I was wondering if you could kind of help guide us on and when we do have to take antibiotics, is there anything we can do to minimize that impact? I know fecal transplants are great when you have an issue there, but is there like a saliva transplant or how can we improve of the outlook because uh, it takes weeks, months, some years. Some, some of the species never recover from a dose of antibiotics, but could you talk to us directly about, about the effect of antibiotics on the microbiome? Yes, that's a good question. The, the first dose of antibiotics alters your microbiome permanently and irrecoverably because it will kill things that you won't get back. It's so true. However, that said, um, you can still maintain a strong, healthy microbiome even after it's been altered because other things will alter it too, including foods, stresses, you know, malnutrition, excess, all kinds of things will. But antibiotics are especially devastating because they're designed to interfere with the growth of bacteria because almost all of them are derived from funguses and funguses inhibit bacteria so they can eat the organism that the bacteria are trying to eat. So the things you can do, um, well, first of all, um, don't take antibiotics. Probably 50% of all prescriptions are unnecessary. If you think about the things that people get antibiotics for, an upper respiratory infection. You know, if you stay at home, you're going to um, cure your cold in three weeks. But if you go to the doctor, you'll definitely have a cure in 21 days. The... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so even even with the antibiotics. So why take an antibiotic for a viral infection? You don't. Uh, sinusitis, another big one. So your snot turns a little colored a week into the cold. Clinical research has shown that human adults who don't have fever, shortness of breath, you know, very sick symptoms, they're just having a snodgy nose, that goes away in three weeks. Human sinusitis resolves itself. You don't need antibiotics despite what your ENT doctor wants to throw at you. So if you do a nasal douche, if you get a neti pot or a Neil Med squirt bottle and you mix that up with the baking soda and salt water, you want to crush a clove of garlic into that water. Let it uh, at first crush the clove, let it sit five minutes, and let it activate the allium in the garlic, which is the antibiotic. Mix that with your uh, nasal douche solution, strain it so you don't get chunks of garlic in your nose, and then use that. I have watched uh, purulent yellow-green snot go to clear in a day using that. You don't need to take antibiotics 90% of the time for things like that. So if we can avoid them, you're in much better place then if you have to take them. If it's a serious infection, then take a good probiotic. And the ones that I use have many strains that are actually proven to be antibiotic resistant. So the lactobacillus and the bifidobacteria make it through the insults of this antibiotic attack 
and you can populate and keep your microbiome going. Another thing that helps is a nutritional yeast called saccharomycin. Saccharomycin or saccharomyces is actually a, uh, uh, a beneficial nutritional yeast. It's kind of like bread yeast and it will fight the antibiotic-associated diarrhea from Clostridium difficile, the C. diff bad infection, it also prevent overgrowth of Candida, the yeast that comes when you're on those because it'll compete with the other yeast and it won't colonize you and it's not a pathogen. So you can do some really smart things. You could also do like um, Larry did and get some good uh, um, uh, locally fermented sauerkraut, some uh, uh, fresh yogurt that you ferment yourself, all kinds of good things like that. How does that help? Really Beautiful. Thank you so much, Doctor. You're welcome. Have a great day. Let's go to Angie in Clearwater. Good morning, Angie. Hi, Angie. Um, I'm just wondering, I know I'm pretty healthy and I don't really have any issues, um, but I, I, I often wonder when people say that it's healthy to, it's good to have maybe a glass of red wine a day. And I just kind of wanted to know, if you are trying to get toxins out of your body, and we all know alcohol is not good for us, what do you think about that statement? Um, well, I think that um, there are some studies that suggest that red wine has some benefits. It has some resveratrol in it that is probably a good vascular support. The um, alcohol in it is the question. So there are studies that show that the alcohol helps you relax and it will reduce your risk of a heart attack. But there's also studies that show that one ounce a day is enough to increase the risk of breast cancer in women and colon cancer in men. And so we're really walk a fine line with that toxin. Um, it, it is in excess. It's absolutely abysmal. Um, in small amounts, it helps some people and doesn't help other people. And it's really hard to tell. Um, I don't like how I feel with red wine. I used to, uh, but over time, I, I realized that my stomach doesn't feel good the next day, even with one glass. One glass, and um, my brain is too foggy, and I have a need for a sharp mind all the time. And so I have chosen to not use any alcohol. Um, but I, I don't think everybody has to do that because I see a lot of people function quite well with an ounce or so a day or even three times a week. Right. Yeah, it is very different for everybody. I think that's kind of what it comes down to, you know, because yes. the whole the whole uh, topic is just very, it can, can be so confusing because we're all so, you know, different. But We are all snowflakes, so unique. And over here to um, John from Sarasota and get his thoughts and questions. Hey, John. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I was just astounded by your, um, the statistics, the opioid numbers. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? Going on crazy of what's going on in this country. You know, other parts of the world, as you know, other parts of the world don't even prescribe, you know, if you go in for surgery or you go in for any type of procedure, um, yes, the, the hospitals um, administer on uh, narcotics, you know, administer morphine, this, that, or the other thing, but they never discharge you with um, the kind of pills that, what I'm getting at is what's the connection between the pills that are being, that are, and big farming? What is happening with the pharmaceutical companies? I mean, it seems like you just follow the money and... I think you just nailed it. This is a for-profit industry. And you have to remember, we have no healthcare system here. We have an illness care system. And we, we define illness. 
we diagnose illness, we describe illness, then we treat illness. And we always need a pill for every ill because this is America and pharma is the methodology that we do everything. So add another pill for every ill. And guess what? You've got an annuity for stockholders at, at in the, the pharma companies. It's a really sick system of actually profiteering from illness. And rather than promoting wellness, it's a continuous uh, um, um, road of maintenance of chronic illness with drugs that don't heal the illness. You know, we're told from we're we're, we're told. I was told from 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 you know being a little boy, you are what you eat. You yes. eat um, garbage in, garbage out, and um, fast foods weren't weren't as prevalent as they are today. And um, I don't think I know anybody's family that would go to a fast food restaurant for dinner, go to like a place like whatever, wherever you would prefer to go, um, for one. But for two, there's so many things that we can treat. Um, holistically isn't the word, but the things that, with food, just with, 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 with um, you know, blood pressure, with different... Um, treat with nutrition. It's, it's the truth. Um, you know, the Mediterranean diet or modified variants on the Mediterranean diet, which you can find on the Blue Zones website, Blue Zones, talk about this Mediterranean diet that's global. Um, you can eat a Mediterranean-style diet if you're in Okinawa or in Costa Rica, and they all have a similar plant-based when I say plant-based, that's 80% plant, 20% animal, maybe 90% plant, 10% animal. But all of these cultures that live to 100 quite well um, eat some animal, but it's not the primary source of food. Plants are because you need to eat a rainbow because the rainbow is what makes you healthy. If we start with that, like I, I, one, of, one of the uh, uh, great um, um, Ayurvedic practitioners said once to a student, if you Westerners would just eat your bitter greens, you wouldn't need to take all of those bitter white pills. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do so. believe that. I, I really do believe that. And this thing with organic, well, that's not the reason I called. The reason I called is because of this, 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 you know, all, we treat all kinds of epidemics in this country. Yes. When are we going to, you know, every, all doctors will tell us the same thing. Diet and exercise. Diet, they'll go bad, 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 bad for this or for that. You know what the best thing to prevent the next pandemic would be? Defund the industrial agriculture. Defund industrial food. Stop subsidizing the big farmers. Ban, yeah. ban subsidies to farms that aren't privately held by one person and run by the family. No corporate subsidies for farming. Done. If we end monoculture, uh, GMO, spray everything with poison agriculture, we will decrease cancer, heart disease, and dementia immediately. However, it's not going to happen because until we change the way our government works, which is owned by big business billionaires and wall street we won't get this to happen because they get the bailouts we don't we don't. and so as long as they keep getting the bailouts if we keep giving trillions to oil trillions to archers daniels midland and conagra and these creepy industrial farm people that make industrial products and put them in what they call food 
it's it's not going to end. Joe Biden can invest twenty five zillion dollars in an anti cancer event, but it won't happen until they defund big agra and defund big oil. Stop the subsidies. It's the only way to make it work. John, I thank you for asking the question. I, I need one more thing, Doctor. You paint a pretty bleak picture of what's happening out there. What is what is one to do when there's a discrepancy in? Um, I had this with my mother, and I took we discontinued some medications, and guess what? She got better. Yes. Now, what is one to do when when? Um, what are we to do? What is the most is the common person to do besides staying away from processed foods? And, and well, I would I would research what medications you're on. I would look up what adversity is. Um, if you can understand it, look about uh, uh, consequences, interactions. There's a great, uh, I think it's called drugs.com, has a, has a drug interaction and a nutrient interaction checker. I use it myself. It's so easy because if I, want to, I want some quick information. It'll show it to me. And, you know, it's going to hit 95% of the interactions. It's going to miss something probably, but it's worth doing your own research. Drugs.com. Check your medications for what interactions they have and then discuss this with your primary care, your specialty doctor. If you have symptoms that you think might have happened since you started a medication, talk to your doctor about it. Talk to another doctor if your doctor doesn't want to hear it because I've heard the story. Oh, that medication doesn't cause that. You need to keep taking it. I just don't believe that is necessarily the algorithm I would use when it comes to these kind of problems. It's like the swelling with amlodipine. Yes, all kinds of adverse effects like that. So look at those and, oh. and, and, and deal with what you've got there and think about, is this from the med? Talk about it with the doctor and move from there. But John, thank you. So, hey, this is Dr. Fred Harvey. Join me here on January 2nd for the first show of the new year so we can step into health together with an Ask the Doctor Anything Day, my gift to my wonderful listeners. You have been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming right on up is five minutes of NPR news and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. And until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.